Welcome to Fit to Be Radio, where we bring you all things fitness, core, and diastases recti related. While we're having this little chat, we hope you'll shuffle into your shoes, grab your water, and take us along for a walk while we talk. Or maybe you're listening as you make dinner or drive or do dishes. Hey, you can always work out with us later on fittobe.com, where we have over 200 gorgeous, family-friendly, tummy-safe exercise videos ready for you to stream. Now let's get this show on the road. You guys ready? Yes. Yep. All right. Born ready. Born ready. I love that. I, I love your first one, though, when you're like, I wish I could just say all those things. I know. <laughs> that is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to 50B Radio. My name is Chris Benke and I'll be your host today. I've got with us Beth Learn. She's the CEO and founder of 50B Studio. And we also have a guest that is coming to us from faraway land, uh, Neev Kenny. Thank you for joining us today. Super glad to have you on. You're very welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. So I alluded to it, but where are you coming to us from right now? I am in Dublin in Ireland, beautiful green Isle of oh, Ireland. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. it. I love Ireland. And how long have you been there in Dublin? All my life. Uh, so very long time, 46 years now. Yeah. I haven't really gone much further afield. This is home. Feels good. Uh, but yeah, I live and work yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. And are you in the city? I live in the suburbs. I work in the city okay. in the maternity hospital and I work in a private clinic in the suburbs. So kind of in and out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you're a physiotherapist and you say and you said you work in the city. Can you fill us in a little bit of your background? It's very it's awesome. Uh let's yeah. can you fill us in. Okay. Uh well I've been a physiotherapist for twenty three years, but I've been specializing in women's health the last seven years. Um, and I work in a maternity hospital, so I work with pregnant women and women after they've had babies. Um, and we also have a gynecology section, so I work with women, um, older women who have issues with their pelvic floor, etc. And then I work in a private clinic, and in the clinic, I take their what they call their women's health caseload. So I'm dealing with what well, I deal with men and children as well, but mostly focusing on women with pelvic floor problems. So. Pelvic floor issues is my speciality, um, and it's my passion as well. Um, it's the reason I got into this work. Yeah, mm. that is awesome. So now, how did you how did you and Beth connect? Well, when I started, I let me let me see how did I explain it. Um, I started off doing women's health out of a personal interest for myself, um, and I started researching. Um, postnatal rehab and when I was online I came across the tummy team site and the work they were doing and I signed up for the tummy team program for myself and as I went through mm-hmm. that program I discovered fit to be and signed up for that and started doing the workouts myself and loved them I thought they were brilliant and so when I was recommending online stuff for my patients I always recommended fit to be and I've gotten really good mm-hmm. feedback uh, from my patients they love the mm. fact that it's so much variety they love the fact that they feel like they're in safe hands they love the fact they mm. can do it at home and they can do it for 10 minutes or half an hour or whatever they can pick whatever yeah. type of workout they're comfortable with and they can even do stuff with their kids and um, so yeah um, I became a big big fan <laughs> um, of fit to be but it was basically through researching diastasis rehab about, about seven years ago now 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. So you've, yeah. so you've um, been familiar with us for seven years. So we've yeah. we've changed a lot and grown a lot in that time off the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how, that's one of the things I, I love about it. Okay. Oh, Sorry, I was just going to say one of the reasons I've just with fifty is that I best seems to be following the same rabbit holes I'm following in terms of research mm. and development, and she always mm-hmm. keeps up to date because um, this is an area that's growing all the time and we're learning all the time as physios and personal mm-hmm. trainers. Yeah. We're learning more and more about the body and women's bodies. So I love the fact that 50 d has kept up with that um, and reflects that. Um, so I, I yeah. always yeah. constant my patients are getting the latest information and the best information. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So that, that kind of leads me to one of my, one of my first questions, um, which is, mm. So you've been a professional in this field for a little while now, and um, it seems like there is a lack of information, but what have you seen change in the last few years? Have you seen more awareness of people more, like in the medical profession, more aware, more willing to talk about it, and still kind of a just deal with it situation? Mm, that's a good it question. It varies. Uh, so it varies. So some... Some okay. doctors and gynecologists are very aware of what women's health physiotherapists mm-hmm. do. And they insist on their patients going to see a physiotherapist before they do rehab, before they do surgery, and that they do yeah. rehab afterwards with the physio. So they're very gung ho. I had, I remember talking to a group of doctors, um, trainee obstetricians, gynecologists, and telling them what we do and why we do it, etc., and the research behind it, and. One of the um, senior doctors said to the rest of his team, he said, look, if you guys send your patients for physio, it'll make you look like the better surgeon. <laughs> You'll get better results. <laughs> That's you know, true. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so you've got that. But then you also have doctors who think physiotherapy is a waste of time. Um, and it's based on personal bias or maybe some negative experiences. I don't know. But they, mm. they are not just keen. Uh, they don't really understand what we do and why we do it. Um, you know, do, you, do you think that it's more? Um, do you think it's more female doctors that have maybe even had a birth that are more understanding, and male doctors are less, or is that just my kind of weird assumption? Yeah, no, I haven't noticed um, a particular bias. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think I've met male here in the states. Very pro, and you know, some who aren't. Yeah. Same yeah. Women. Yeah. Here in the States, it, I actually feel like it's the, the reverse. It's, and we've talked about this on a prior podcast um, where uh, women seem less sympathetic and the right. males seem more more sympathetic. I mean, yeah. um, so weird. I hear more, more horror stories from women at the hands of their female gynies than, right. than men, um, yeah. at least in my own circle. And I think that, like you said, it can vary. So one of the things we want to talk about is like, if, if people are seeking physical therapy for these delicate things, we want to get more detailed in this podcast about what they can expect and what they should be looking for. We've touched on this here and there in prior podcasts, Mm -hmm. but we haven't devoted a podcast Mm -hmm. to it. Okay. So if they're looking for a good physio or physical therapist, as we call them here in the States, um, right. What are they looking for? What are some red flags if they call up a clinic? If they call three different clinics, who should they pick, and how should they know what to pick? Okay. And then, and then, you know, what can they expect 
once they get there from, you know, are, are they going to be touched internally, externally that first visit, things like that. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Okay. Um, so I suppose I would be looking for a personal re recommendation. I mean, that's your best mm -hmm. um, line mm -hmm. of attack. If somebody has been to somebody and they can say, yeah, they're good, I felt comfortable, um, thought they knew what they were doing. You can ask about their qualifications. Have they done any further training in women's health, in internal examinations? Mm -hmm. Even if you're not going to have an internal or don't need one, you want to know that the person has been trained and has the capacity to do an internal examination mm -hmm. and it's appropriate for you. Um, so there's lots of different courses um, that physiotherapists do around the world. So I guess you'd have to look at your country and see well, what kind of courses um, would you expect? What would you be looking for? Um, so I know in the States that Herman Wallace is a big um, mm -hmm. training um, group. You know, so a lot yeah. of therapists in the States who are trained them and they're going to do internal examinations. Um, in Ireland and do special training in um, pelvic floor dysfunction. So you're, you're looking for those kind of words and don't be afraid to ask what experiences this person have, um, how long yeah. are they doing it, etc. Um, right. And then when you go, but you know, it, I suppose it's really important that if you go to see somebody that you feel comfortable with them, that you have a rapport mm -hmm. with them. Um, if they're in this line of work, they need to be good at putting people at ease. And if you don't feel at mm -hmm. ease, well then find somebody else, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. because it's very <laughs> intimate, you are vulnerable, you know, you want to feel that you are totally comfortable with them. Um, and if you don't, mm -hmm. whatever reason, I would move on um, to some other presentation. Um, For sure, I can imagine walking into a clinic if I if I did not feel at ease, um, I'm not going to be able to relax mentally yeah. or physically down below. Yeah. If they need to perform right. a public exam, not being able to relax down there is going to make it harder and it's going to make it more painful and uncomfortable yeah. when they do that yeah. exam. And it also may toss yeah. the results. You know, if, if yeah. maybe I don't have a hypertonic too tight pelvic floor, but they're mm. not putting me at ease and now yeah. I'm all clenched up and they're not able to yeah. do anything. I'm like, well, this chick has a hypertonic pelvic floor. <laughs> maybe I don't. Yeah, no, she's just freaked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's really, mm. really important that you do feel safe. You do feel comfortable. You do feel listened to. You do feel right. that they're going at your pace. Um, they're respecting your privacy and your dignity. You know, I think that's really, yeah. really key. Yeah. Right. You know, I get people that write in that want to be in our diastasis directory of experts. And it's not a huge directory. Um, it really is. Our members have driven it. They have said, hey, I went, I found this great person. It's not like other directories where anybody can just sign up for it with no vetting. Yeah. Um, we reach out yeah. to them and, and the questions I ask are, who did you train under? Do you include crunches and planks in your early initial rehab? That's a big no-no for me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, 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 what else do I ask them? I ask them, um, you know, how long they've specialized. And um, there's a few other questions, but like those are the big ones. Because I want to know, like, did you do specialized training? Where did you do it from? Who did you study under? That's another one. That's the other one. Like, mm -hmm. if they studied under the Tummy Team or if they studied under Diane Lee, 
you know, that's, those are all great ones. Um, if they say Michelle yeah. Lyons or I've, you know, um, yeah. Burrell education, there's some really good names out there that I'm like, good. They're going to be solid. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And like we would have professional mm -hmm. registers as well. So like in Ireland, we'd have the Irish Society of Chartered Physiotherapists and states there'd be registers as well. Um, we have a core registration. So you're making sure the person is fully trained. They haven't just set themselves up. I haven't right. come across anybody in Ireland who set themselves up doing this kind of work, but you just you don't know. <laughs> you want to make sure they're fully qualified <laughs> and operating right. from the clinic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you're, you're asking yeah. about what to expect um, when you go to see um, a physiotherapist um, for pelvic floor mm -hmm. um, So you'd expect they're going to ask you a lot of questions to begin with. We take yeah. a really detailed, what we call subjective history from the patient and trying to find out what their symptoms are. And sometimes mm -hmm. their symptoms are embarrassing for them to talk about or they feel awkward about mm -hmm. talking about them. Um, mm -hmm. So it takes quite a bit of time um, to draw those symptoms out and, and get them to talk freely about what's going on with their bladder what's going on with their bowels, what's going on with their sex life, what's going on mm -hmm. down there, basically. Um, yeah. And we'll ask about their, their medical history, their surgical history, what their lifestyle is, mm -hmm. what their goals are, because everyone's different, you know, not everyone wants to run a marathon. Um, some people just want to get through yeah. the day, you know. Um, yeah. So it really depends on where they're coming from. Uh, and that takes time, and it takes said confident in the person that you feel comfortable to disclose to them what what they're feeling what they're going mm -hmm. through for some people it's something small and for other people it's huge you know um so your therapist needs to have the sensitivity and um, to be able to talk with you comfortably about those things and being able to talk about it is so mm -hmm. important because what they tell you as a therapist is going to influence what happens next and what kind of treatment you're going to give and how you're going to give it and what you're going to focus on. So a lot of the first um, treatment session will be taken up with talking through the issues and making sure that you've got what it is, you know, why is this person has come to you? What is it they need help with? Uh, are there any things that you can help with um, for them? Mm -hmm. um, it also involves a lot of education. So as you're asking questions, you're giving feedback, you know, so, um, a lot of people don't know what good bladder and bowel habits are. They don't know what's normal. You know, they think that what's common is yeah, normal, but that's not necessarily, mm -hmm. you know. So as yeah. I'm asking yeah. questions, I'm also chatting about what is a normal bowel motion? What is a normal frequency for going to the toilet? What's the normal fluid intake? What is the pelvic floor? So I'll often use props, yeah. like I have a prop here of a, a pelvis and a pelvic floor. We'll take out things like this. There it is. People go, take an intake of breath you know, as you look at this area. But if we're going to treat it and learn about it, um, they need to know what it is and how it functions and what it looks like and mm -hmm. how it does things that it does. Um, right. Based on what you find out from the patient, then you'll move on to examining them. Mm. Um, and that may or may not involve an internal exam. Um, Often patients are totally happy to have an internal and are ready for it or expecting it. Other patients are not so sure um, and they may need time to go away and think about it. And, you know, there are things you can do without doing internal exams. It doesn't have to be done, but it is best practice for assessing the pelvic floor to see exactly what's going on. Um, so right. they, 
you know, a therapist like myself are we're trained in doing vaginal examination. Um, so it's important that the person has the training to do that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, it does. Are there any red flags, like are there any warning signs um, if they get into their meeting with the doctor for the first time? Are there any warning signs they need to be kind of aware of? Like, oh, this person doesn't know what they're doing and they're not qualified? Mm. Um, gosh, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah. I can't, I can't really imagine somebody doing that. So I haven't come across anybody yeah. doing internal examinations without qualifications, to be honest. It's stuff I've read about yeah. in the States where coaches were doing it inappropriately. It wasn't part of their coaches. scope of practice. Yeah. Sports mm -hmm. coaches. Like athletic yeah. coaches. Gymnastics coaches. Oh, wow. You know. Yeah, that wow. one gymnastics coach at that college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that was That's the only yeah, time I've ever come across. Like, that was bizarre. And that was somebody with a lot of power. Sure, yeah. um, I haven't come across it generally, mm -hmm. no. Yeah. So weird, bizarre, you know, creep guys aside, it seems like mm -hmm. the biggest problem isn't somebody not having the right training. It's probably, um, it's probably more that women just don't go do it. They're just dealing with, whatever their symptoms are and they're not actually seeking out the help. Is that, is that true? I think that's a much bigger issue. Yeah. Like there's a whole cohort of women who have symptoms um, and they don't seek treatment due to embarrassment or shame. And then there's a whole cohort right. who don't seek treatment because they just think what they're experiencing is normal and they have to put up with it. Yeah. And then there's another cohort are just, too busy <laughs> and they don't prioritize their own health and their own bodies and they're too busy running around after everyone mm -hmm. else you know so there's there's various reasons um it gets not the treatment isn't availed of as much as it should be or could be even like in in ireland we have a public health system and i treat a whole bunch of patients under the public health system there's no costs involved for them um right. but you still get much lower numbers of people coming for treatment than you would expect um, right. So um, there's, there's all sorts of barriers. Sometimes it's the I fact that they have a young baby and they can't get a sitter. And we always say, like, bring your baby. <laughs> you know, unless it's a child that's crawling yeah. up the walls. And, you know, just bring your baby with bring you it. and we'll do what we can. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing to look for when you go to a clinic the first time or even to ask on the phone is, do you, do you allow babies? Just ask. And And the tummy team, they have swings and carriers and boppies and all the yeah. all the things yeah. and, and their receptionist like when they were hiring a newest new receptionist she was like you got to be comfortable holding babies because you will end yeah. up holding babies um yeah. and and she is like she'll come yeah. in i filled in as the receptionist once at the tummy team and nobody wanted to yeah. hand me their babies but this lady <laughs> when she's the receptionist people walk in and they're like oh they just like she just yeah. exudes this baby warmth and she'll just yeah, take yeah. them and hold, and, and it's yeah. beautiful. She puts women at ease instantly. Yeah. I think there's also yeah. this weird mentality that I've run into, and I, I have sensed it in myself, and I sense it in my clients. They've actually said it too. If my doctor couldn't help me, what's a physical therapist going to do? Yeah. You know, so yeah. they get, oh, they spend 15 minutes with their OBGYN. Their OBGYN says, eh, you're going to need reconstructive surgery. Come back and see me after you have kids. Or, yeah, that's normal. You're a mom. You're gonna pee your pants. What are you gonna do? Yeah. 
yeah. eh, there's not much we can do about that. I was told that. I was told that by my OB. He was wonderful yeah. too. He was a great listener. He was the kind of guy that would come in, sit in a chair, fold his hands and just listen. But then he would yeah. say, now I happen to know the same OB now refers all of yeah. his clients to physical therapy. And right. um, I didn't yeah. have anything to do with that. I'm not sure when he changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's here, this, like the rest of us, you know, we're learning. Yeah. It's like, time. well, if they think that doctors are, you know, top and they, and we forget that a doctor is not the same as a specialist and yeah. a doctor's job should be to refer you to a specialist. A lot of doctors don't do that. Like we mentioned earlier. Um, and so then it kind of falls back on us as the person struggling with the issue to go find the specialist. Meanwhile, we're keeping three children alive, cooking all the meals, doing all the shopping, yeah. going to all the appointments, yeah. yeah, forgetting to eat food ourselves. I'm sorry, when yeah. are we supposed to find ourselves a specialist? I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It's really tricky. And I guess it's, we don't realize, I suppose, also the value of what a physiotherapist can do and yeah. has such a good success rate um, with physical therapists in the pelvic floor. You know, studies will show between 70 to 90% success rate for treatment for the physical therapist for pelvic floor issues. That's massive. Yeah. There's no drug will give you those results. There's no surgery that that, that, that is as no. successful as that. And there's no risk or side effects. <laughs> you know, um, there's mm -hmm. so many benefits to it, you know. Um, and, you know, sometimes people have been to somebody in the past and they think, oh, mm -hmm. well, physio didn't work for me. But what you've got to realize is that physios um, are learning all of the time. You know, so if you came to see me six years ago, what I would have done with you is quite different to what I would do now. And that's based on yeah. experience training and new information coming out. So we're learning all the time. So I wouldn't. Sometimes people would dismiss it and say, I've tried it already. Well, yeah, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe there's more right. we could do for you, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And often women focus on the bladder issue, but they don't realize that we also treat bowel issues. We treat constipation. We treat um, what we call flatal incontinence, which is where you can't control your wind. <laughs> you know, you fart in public. You can't stop it. <laughs> Did you, you said flaky, flaky incontinence? Flatal, flatal. Flatal is oh, okay. the medical I word. Flaky. For... I was like, flaky. No. <laughs> flatal. Um, so like flat is the word for wind when you pass wind. Yeah, um, got it. And, you know, and if that can be um, a huge issue. Like I knew I had a patient who was a barrister and she couldn't go back mm -hmm. to work. She couldn't control wind in the courtroom. Yeah. You know, it's massive for her. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we treat those problems as well, as well as prolapse issues and sexual dysfunction, pain respect, lack of sensation respect. Yeah. Uh, all of those kind of things we work with, you know. Um, it isn't just about doing a quick in and out check that you're doing your kegels correctly and off you go, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's so, so much more than kegels. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. One of the, so it's, much more. It's one of the greatest problems is... Um, women themselves saying hey I really owe it to myself to go seek out a professional in this area and get some help and then yeah. they're faced with their doctor that's like what you were saying Beth that's like yeah you know it's just the way like is. what's your message to them because they're, they're they're maybe even they're hearing this podcast it's a little bit of a conflicting message 
plus on top of that conflicting message, it's just not, it's, you know, you just don't necessarily want to go talk about all, all of these issues. Mm-hmm. But what would you, what would you say to that woman? Mm, well, I think, I think you've got to put value on yourself and your own health and realize that you don't have to put up with these symptoms and they can be helped. And it may take time, mm-hmm. it may take effort, but it is so worth it. And often patients right. are nervous about talking about it or being examined, but nearly every single patient says, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And I wish I'd done right. sooner. And I'm going to go tell my friends. And I'm going to go tell my mother who's been suffering with these symptoms and she had me, you know. And right. You know, when they experience it, they're almost evangelistic about it. <laughs> um, if they have the nerve, mm-hmm. you know, some of them will never tell anybody else because they're still feeling that sense of shame or embarrassment. But I have a lot of patients who will go and tell other people. And one of my biggest sources of referrals is word of mouth. People saying, this is worth it. Do it. I wish I'd done it sooner. You know, it makes such yeah. a difference. Like the amount of people who have given up exercising because they leave this crap. You know, they're afraid to do any yeah. kind of exercise because they're having accidents that's where we and come in don't exercise. <laughs> yeah and uh yeah. and then that just has a snowball effect on their overall health so even if you're not you know you're not motivated by your pelvic floor issues directly and you think oh well i'll just you know i'm just going to shrink my life in and i'll just manage it within this confine you don't realize what you're doing to your overall health by doing that right. um, you don't realize right. how chained to the toilet you are <laughs> You know, or even, you know, yeah. sexual issues, people just put up with it and go, oh, well, you know, we don't have much of a sex life anymore, or I can't because it hurts. And yeah. It has massive impact on their relationships and their, their self-esteem and their psychological health. Yeah. So yeah. I would say go for uh, it. I've done it myself. It's worth it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yep. You, pretty much, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that pretty much every woman that, that was doubting and then just goes and does it goes through therapy gets help um they all say it was worth it right like no one's like man that i was i shouldn't have done that i don't yeah every now and then i hear from somebody who in the states anyways where where physiotherapy for women public health therapy is not standardized and they do have to pay out of pocket oftentimes and so then if something doesn't go very well it's even more of a sharp memory for them Um, you know, I have had women that haven't had um, some good experiences the first time. And, and even that, I would say, look, um, you're still worth trying again. And just because yeah. you had one bad experience with one person, okay, don't go back there. Right. Let's find you somebody that does work. Let's find you somebody sure. in my database. Because, yeah. um, which is tough, you know, it can be hard to find the right person. You might have to drive an hour or two. But let me tell you, mm-hmm. when you find the right person that can unlock your issues, mm-hmm. It, that is gold. That is gold. Yeah. That is a life-changing day. That's, yeah. that's a yeah. good day trip. <laughs> yeah. And that goes back yeah. to your guys' earlier point where it is so important to make sure that you're working with the right professional um, because you don't want, I mean, it's just a sensitive stuff and you don't want to put yourself through working yeah. with the wrong person for all the reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Even if, even if it's just that the treatment take longer or they're not as effective as they could be it's just a different way of robbing you from you know your health and so it's important to have work with the right professional for sure yeah 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 and and we have a lot of power with our voices to say 
no, that wasn't a good experience. Call the clinic. Say, here's what happened to me. I didn't appreciate this. This isn't up to current standards. Um, that's mm-hmm. something about my clients is they're all very educated now. Yeah. And when they when they say, oh, I couldn't I couldn't find somebody, so I went to this other person. They're not somebody that was in your thing, but I took a chance. It didn't go well. I'm like, I'm sorry. Call them back. Leave a review and say this was completely substandard, and um, they need you guys need to up your game, and you need to get in touch, and you need to go get educated from X Y Z. Spend five minutes to help that clinic yeah. up their game, but then let your feet do the walking. Um, because we, it kind of falls back on us as the consumers to say what works and what doesn't. And we can change things when we use our voices and, and when we do complain in nice ways, you know, you can, you can complain nicely and politely Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) do it all the time. (laughs) I think it's important, um, that you have, you know, obviously poor treatment aside, but say, I follow a lot of patient discussion groups online. I learn a lot mm-hmm. hearing patients' experiences, you know, and they'll compare and contrast yeah. what their physio did and what their physio did and sharing different ideas back and forth, you know, and sometimes they'll say, oh, she, mine didn't do that or yours did this and mine did, you know, they'd kind of be querying the treatment. And if you have a query about mm-hmm. the treatment and what's going on, you need to talk that through with your therapist as well. Because sometimes there can be a reason why they're focusing on one thing and not the other. You mm-hmm. know, like oftentimes, mm-hmm. like, depending on where my patient is at, I will try and pick what their main goal is and what their main target is. And I'll also try and assess what they're able for, both physically yeah. and psychologically. You know, yeah. like if I have somebody come into the room with a crying baby and I'm rocking the baby while I'm doing an internal examination and we're trying to juggle everything at the same time, I'm not going to be able to do an entire physical examination of that person. I'm going to pick right. two or three things that I think are top priority and focus on them. And I'll come back to the other stuff later <laughs> when it's mm-hmm. the right time. But if the person goes away and thinks, oh, the they didn't look at my diagnosis, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, and feel let down. Um, it may be yeah. that's going to happen down the road, you know, one thing at a time um, and doing the most important things first. If you just have a conversation with your therapist, that might clarify that for you instead of feeling mm-hmm. that you were shortchanged or they didn't do everything right. they should do, you know, because. And, and that speaks possible. to. If that speaks to this kind of hero mentality that we put on our doctors and on therapists. Yeah. You know, we can come in with too many expectations and forgetting that your gynae may not be the person and isn't the person. They're not the specialist. Um, yeah. They may be the person who delivers the babies and does the surgeries and, and they're not the ones that does the therapy. So then, and then you might go to your therapist expecting them to almost function like a doctor and, and fix me now, fix me in one visit or two yeah. visits. Cause that's all I have time yeah. or money for. That's all, yeah. you know, you're coming to them with this massive health history and these yeah. layers of issues that are like an onion that needs time yeah. to peel back. But yeah. once they figure it out, and I would say if they don't have you sorted and at least figured out and on a path within at least, at the most three appointments, I would give them three. Like your first appointment, they're getting your health history. They may or may not do an exam. They're getting their bearings, you're getting a lot of information. Your second appointment, you know, there should be some leads. There should be some, some explanations, some ideas, then you're testing it, then you come back for a third appointment, is it working? We've been doing this now. Is some of what you're doing working, what's not working? 
And then you should be able, okay, this is working. This is not working now. Yeah. Where are we at? Yeah. And if they're not being that proactive and that interactive and you still feel lost between that second yeah. and third appointment, you need to sit them down and have a serious question time and answer with yeah. them, or you need to find somebody different. And that's hard when you've yeah. invested that time. Yeah. But it's necessary because you, people listening to this, you need exercise. Your bones need exercise. Your heart needs exercise. Your brain needs exercise. Mm -hmm. Your mind needs exercise. Your kids mm -hmm. need you to exercise. If your body is not allowing you to exercise, that is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we got to get yeah. you sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, definitely by the third appointment, you should have an idea of where you're going and what, what the goal is and how we're going to get there. Yeah. For some patients, yeah. only three sessions is all they need. Yeah. Other patients need a lot more. You know, they need a lot mm -hmm. of manual therapy. And they need a lot more yeah. time. Um, so it can be quite variable. Like today, usually, some patients I only see once. Some patients mm -hmm. I see for up to a year. Um, and that might be every three yeah. weeks, or every four weeks, or every six weeks. It really mm -hmm. depends, but you should you should understand what's going on, what your therapist is trying to achieve, right. understand what their role is and what your role is. Um, you know, we can't make your muscles stronger. You got to do the work. You know, we can guide yeah. you, but we can't wave a wand and you know fix them. They they do need exercise. They do need strengthening, and yeah. we're there to guide you right. through the pro the process. But you should feel like a team mm -hmm. with your therapist. And if you don't understand something, you need. To say that and say I don't get it I don't feel it I don't know what you're talking about I don't know why I'm not getting yeah. better you know you're, you're giving feedback all the time um so that we can mm -hmm. help you more specifically and also so we can learn as well you know um mm -hmm. and to, you know sometimes you'll prescribe something as a therapist and try it but you need to know if it's not working so that you look down back and look right. again and go okay what am I missing here is there something else I can yeah. do is there a different approach I need to take you know and that's such a good point. Saying that back. Yeah, if, 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 if you as a consumer, as the patient, are going in and getting a list of things you're supposed to take home and do, and you yeah. don't do them, and then you come back and you say, this isn't working or I don't know if it's working because I didn't do it, you've just wasted everybody's time. Yeah. And that sounds harsh, yeah. but it's the truth. Because yeah. now your person that you're coming to for help has no idea what to do next with you because neither of you know if what they asked you to try is working. And sometimes yeah, right. it is. Right. Like, you yeah. know, like you're in the dark at first with somebody because everybody is different. The same oh. protocol doesn't work for everybody. That's why I refer no. people to PT because even on Fit to Be, we're the fitness piece of your core strengthening and rehabilitation. But I am doing these videos and I can't reach through and you need somebody to look at your body with you and give the snowflake thing, set of exercises, set of motions, set of breasts, all the stuff mm -hmm. that you personally need. And it, and it really does vary. You know, what's coming to mind right now as we, as we wrap up is um, my little sister um, seems to attract car accidents. She gets in like Gosh. a car wreck once a year, I swear. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's yeah. not that bad. Like, um, I, I am, I am not, I, I don't know. She like, she gets rear-ended all the time. I don't know how that's even possible. Mm -hmm. And every time, you know, she goes in for chiropractic care 
and some physical therapy. And she will, we'll sit down and we'll go out to dinner, you know, a few times a year and she'll be telling me about her latest thing. And it's always like this. My first appointment, I was still hurting, but I felt better. Okay. I went to see this one guy and he, I felt worse after him. I'm going to go see this other guy again. And, and it's like, we, we understand that after an accident or after a severe injury, you need to go get help for that. Mm. And you need to put the time in and you may have to go to the chiropractor mm. quite a bit to get your body to hold those adjustments in those yeah. early stages of healing. And mm. I think we have some disconnect though, when it comes to postnatal and postbirth, mm. we've been through this massive thing. It's yeah. going to take a while, several appointments, some people may be yeah. three or four, some people they may need an entire year of going back in yeah. and sorting yeah. things back out and oh, this new, in, new thing cropped up. We adjusted this and we fixed this, but now this is asking for help. We need to now address yeah. this because it's yeah. like those layers yeah. of an onion. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy how people think they should bounce back from a nine month experience and then a dramatic change in their body, such as giving birth, they should bounce back from that in six weeks. You know, it's, mm. it's nuts. Your body mm. can't do that. And it takes so much time for it to heal and strengthen and recover from it. And as physiotherapists, we're there to guide you through it. And some people just need a few tweaks and a few points in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Other people need serious rehab because they've had an injury. And they, you know, right. they need yeah. time. They need expertise to work on that scar tissue, to get those things, um, those muscles moving again, to wake up those nerves, to get that rib cage right. and pelvis back mm-hmm. in alignment. Like there's so much to work on. Um, and if it is going right. on longer term, you know, you do need to be able to create the time and space to work on it yourself at home as well. You know, I'm forever beating this drum mm-hmm. with my patients that um, they have to do the work at home themselves. I can only help them. I can you you know, get the stumbling blocks, yeah, but you've got to do the work, and I'm preaching to myself, <laughs> you know, um, just because I'm <laughs> your therapist who specializes in women's health doesn't mean that, you know, everything in my body that way is working as well as it should, I've got to do the mm-hmm. work, I've got to take the blocks, yep. so me work, too. you know, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, I just, look at that, just now, I just relaxed my shoulders, that's, that's an ongoing <laughs> thing for me, yeah, <laughs> Yep. Well, Mia, well, thank you for, for you. spending. Yeah, thank you for spending some time with us. Where I know that there's an app, and you've got some resources that are out there. Where is the best people place for people to find more of you? More of me. I have a Facebook page, Mia um, Kenny Pelvic okay. Health Physiotherapy. You can contact me on there. Um, and then there's a website for the clinic I work at called CityPhysio.ie. Okay. And we'll put those in the show notes. And yeah, good, good resources. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Awesome. Good golly, Miss Molly, if that didn't give you something to chew on, I don't know what will. Thanks for listening. I really hope you join our community over at fit2be.com, where you can gain access to all our exercise videos and fitness e-courses. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to fit to be Radio, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at fit to be on Instagram at fit to be Studio, and on Facebook via fit to be Tony Safe Fitness. See you soon.